What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have a lot of signings and updates to cover. I'm going to take it back to the deal the Dodgers made last week. They got Teoscar Hernandez. This was this was a big deal. You know, the Dodgers have been in the news all offseason long, obviously. When you go out and get the biggest free agent of all time in Shohei Otani, that's, that's going to put a bow or a chair on top of your offseason. But they didn't stop there. You know, we know they went out and they traded for Tyler Glass now, signed him to an extension. Now they went out and they signed Teoscar Hernandez. This is interesting. So Teoscar Hernandez is coming off of good season in Seattle. We know what he can do. This is a guy who is a corner bat, play right field for you, and has some pop in that bat. But he was a free agent and, you know, a lot of, Teams were linked to him. You know, we heard some rumors about maybe him going to Boston or elsewhere. He ends up signing a one-year, $23.5 million deal with the Dodgers. So it's just a one-year deal, but he's getting a lot of money for that one year. And from from what I found, apparently, actually, it's a $23.9 million guarantee, but only $15 million of it is going to be paid to him this year, and the rest will be deferred. From 2030 to 2039, something about the Dodgers and deferred money, right? So at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. But we know Teoscar Hernandez, going back to his Blue Jays days, had a string of productive years for them. Then he was dealt to Seattle, you know, and played with Seattle in 2023, where he looked really good. He played 160 games. You know, so played almost every day, all but two games. Put up a 106 OPS plus. So... I guess maybe not amazing, amazing, slightly above average. But if you go back to his Toronto days, his time with the Blue Jays, he combined for a 122 OPS plus. Had a silver slugger in 2020 and also 2021 was an all-star in 2021. So he's not too far removed from that. So you're getting a right-handed hitting, a righty-righty outfielder who has some pop in that bat. You know, with him, he, he does strike out quite a bit. That is... That is somewhat of an issue, but I mean, who doesn't at this day in age with that kind of power? So, Teoscar uh, Hernandez, as I said, you know, the OPS plus was just 106, but he hit 26 homers with the Mariners. You know, his career high is 32 during his All-Star season back in 2021. So, I think 25 homers is a good, is, is a good benchmark. Get the productions for him. He's projected for 26 this year by some projections. So, you know, mid 20s at homers, 30 doubles. This is a good middle of the order bat that can play for you every night. You know, not too many of those come around. They're paying him good money to do so. So, Dodgers Stadium has been somewhat of a pitcher-friendly park. Somewhat. I mean, it's relatively neutral. But, you know, I, I still think that this is a park that Teoscar Hernandez could use to get you know, to the heights that he saw in Toronto. I think so. Of course, with as much protection as he has in that lineup, they're not really going to be able to... Yeah, you're not going to be able to pitch around anyone in that lineup, quite frankly. And you should get plenty of pitches to hit. So, if he's not going to be in right field, he'll probably be in left. Definitely not center, because uh, they have other options there. You know, they have, um, you know, guys, Chris Taylor, uh, James Outman, guys like that. But it seems like Jason Hayward will be a bench piece, most likely. Or maybe they, I mean, it's hard for me to say that they will platoon. Teoscar Hernandez and Jason Hayward, but it's the Dodgers. They very well, well could. I, I could see a situation where Hernandez is a everyday option and Hayward comes off the bench. I mean, 
you don't want to get too cute with the whole righty lefty thing. At some point, you just have to play the better players. And Teoscar Hernandez is coming off a season where he played 160 games. I don't think he would have signed with the Dodgers if he didn't feel like he would continue to play every day. I mean, then again, money talks and they paid him a lot of money. But who knows? I, I think he's going to be playing every day, though. So that, that would probably slide, you know, someone like Jason Hayward to the bench if they're putting Teoscar Hernandez in, in right field. Uh, if they put him in left, then, you know, that opens up some more options. But they have, the Dodgers have options in outfield. So, LA isn't done, it seems, or we'll see. Maybe they have a few more pieces, but they have done a very good job this offseason. In other news, Marcus Stroman has signed with the Yankees. He's agreed to a two-year, $37 million deal. So, the veteran righty, the New York native, you know, we know he's played for the Mets, and I believe he grew up a Yankees fan. And now he's, he's returning to New York to pitch on the other side of the Subway Series, so that's going to add some stability, much needed stability to the Yankees rotation. You know, they had, of course, Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez up there at the top of the rotation. But, you know, Cortez and even Carlos Rodon, these guys were super injured. I mean, they were injured, very inconsistent because of the injuries in 2023. So you bring Marcus Stroman, a guy who's very durable, he's proven to be very durable in his career. So a ground ball pitcher, his pitch in the AL East has had success in the AL East back with the Blue Jays. So, Korea 3.95 ERA pitcher. I think that's, that's a very reasonable expectation. And, uh, we'll see. The only, honestly, this is something that, I don't know if anyone's talking about this, but Marcus Stroman has pretty thin skin. I mean, you've seen him get into Twitter beefs and, you know, he's gotten at it on Twitter and on social media when people criticize him. The question to be asked is, can he handle that in New York? Cause he's gonna have a lot of, I mean, play, played with the Mets, but it's not the same kind of media scrutiny that comes with playing for the Yankees so it remains to be seen because we have seen players struggle in New York for some reason just couldn't pitch in New York Sonny Gray comes to mind for for whatever reason couldn't pitch in New York as soon as he leaves New York putting up Cy Young numbers again it's it's remarkable but we'll see we'll see what happens with Marcus Stroman as a New York Yankee in other news Jordan Hicks has agreed to a four-year 44 million dollar deal with the San Francisco Giants. This is an interesting one. So Jordan Hicks has been a reliever his whole career. And he's getting a pretty big deal here. And that's because they're moving him to the rotation. The starting rotation. He's a flame-throwing closer. That's been his calling card his whole career. But now they they want him to be coming out of the starting rotation as a, as a, as a, as a starter. So they're going to try their hand. He, he has a very good arsenal of pitches. He's not just like, you know, a, a fastball slider change-up guy. He's, he's got, you know, a deeper repertoire. So they're going to try him as a starter. I mean, he's topped out at 105 miles an hour. It's 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 insane how hard this guy throws. Uh, blistering velocity slider that sits at 87. And occasional change-ups in the past. You're going to have to throw that more now. Um, you're just coming out of the pen. You're just throwing fastball slider. Now he's going to have to throw his change-up more uh, to see him, of course. You know, you have to mix things up. But when he's healthy and at his best, he can be flat out overpowering. He has a career 3.85 ERA. But that's, that's even skewed by 10 ugly innings before he tore his UCL in 2019 and his rough work as a starter in 2022. He did, he has started before. Uh, but in 2023, he had a 3.29 ERA with a 28% strikeout rate. So the Giants are going to try this experiment. And yeah, I mean, 
they're going to plug him into rotation alongside Robbie Ray, who they just got behind their ace, Logan Webb. You know, Giants are going to try. They're going to try, see how they can fill out the rotation. They have some other uh, options, you know, Ross Stripling, Tristan Beck to fill out the back of the book. Uh, sorry, back of the rotation there. And with all this news, the reigning National League Cy Young is still on the market. Blake Snell. He hasn't signed yet. There have been some rumors. So we're hearing the Yankees have made an offer to Blake Snell. He has not accepted it, but they made an opening offer, an initial offer to to Blake Snell. And the the two sides are apart. Of course, if you're coming off of Cy Young, it makes complete sense that you're going to hold out and get as much money as you possibly can. You're going to aim high because that's the highest your value can be. Although Blake Snell has won a Cy Young before. This is the first time he's a free agent. So, I mean, he's coming off an MLB best 2.25 ERA, 180 innings. I mean, he struck out 31% of batters face. He was just dominant down the stretch, posting a 1.23 ERA from June 1st onward. So, when he's on, he's on. So, so the, the Yankees signed Carlos Rodon to a six-year $162 million deal. And it looked disastrous last year, which was the first year. I'm sure Blake Snell is looking to top that by by a large margin. We don't know what the Yankees have offered him, for sure. But I'm sure he's looking for something around $30 million a year. I believe so. I mean, because Rodon got six for 162. So right there, that's $27 million a year. So something like six for 180, that puts you at a cool $30 million a year. I'm, su- I'm sure... Snell's camp is looking for at least that, if not more. MLB trade rumors predicted a seven-year, $200 million deal for Blake Snell. He just turned 31. And, you know, that, that is a lot of money, but it's, when you think about it, that's the, <laughs> that's the cost of a marquee pitcher. I mean, you have guys coming over from Japan who haven't pitched a day in the big leagues and getting $300 million. Yeah, you better believe that, yeah, you better believe that a guy who's won two Cy Youngs coming off a of Cy Young and the major league is going to make at least $200 million. I, I believe so. Uh, it's it's just the way it is. Speaking of guys coming over from Japan, Shoto Imanaga has signed a deal with the Cubs. Four years, $53 million guaranteed. It's a pretty complex contract with all these options, but that's the guaranteed part right there. Four years with a $53 million guarantee. So, Imanaga, you know, this dude, he led all of... Japan's pitchers with 174 strikeouts, just narrowly topping Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who just signed with the Dodgers for 325 million. But uh, you know that's an impressive strikeout rate, 29.2 percent. That's well above the major league average of 22 percent, and he had a really low walk rate of 4 percent. He just turned 30. He's a typical age for a first-time free agent starter, and more importantly, you know his repertoire it points towards a he's a left-handed pitcher, you know, uh, a solid mid-rotation arm rather than a potential ace. And if you look at the scouting reports, people look at him like a three or four pitcher in a big league rotation. He's 5'10", sits in the low 90s with his fastball, sometimes t- touches 94, 95 when he's going out on shorter stints. But he, he's more of like a, he's, he's just a middle rotation pitcher. I don't want to say he's a finesse guy because <laughs> throwing low to mid 90s is not finesse. But, you know, the only concern with his profile has been the long ball. He gave up 17 home runs last season, the second most of any MVP pitcher. That's Nepal and professional baseball in Japan. Uh, and, you know, it hints at a fly ball profile that could give people some pause. But it's, it's a, you know, every pitcher has his downsides. Let's just say that. 
So four years, $53 million guaranteed with some options and stuff that could take us up to 80 million potentially, but the guarantee is 53 million for Imanaga. So he's going to sign with the Chicago Cubs. And last but not least, the Yankees and Juan Soto avoided arbitration, $31 million salary for the 24th season. That's the record largest salary ever for an arbitration eligible player. Of course, that's because you know, Soto is coming off another strong season. He's an all-star and he's, you know, that's the point of arbitration that your salary goes up every year leading up into your free agency. So we'll see what the Yankees do. Will they sign him to an extension? That's the real big question. You know, he's 25 and he's going to be a free agent next winter, you know, meaning at the end of the 2024 season. He would be a free agent at 26. Very young time to do so. It's rare. And he could position himself to command in excess of the $460 million net present value Otani just signed. It's, it's very possible. But it's also possible that the Yankees decide to extend him. Because Juan Soto already rejected a 15-year $440 million offer from the Nationals back in 2021, although a lot of that was deferred. But with the agreement he just made, $31 million, he, he will have already pocketed $54 million since he declined that deal with the Nationals, which means he will only, and I put in quotes, only need to make more than $386 million in free agency to come out ahead of what he would have had if he accepted the Nationals offer. As surreal as that number sounds, it, it is very feasible for him. But it's a good time for Soto to have a good year. I mean, yes, he just turned 25 and... He has 160 career home runs already. His on-base percentage is the 19th best mark in MLB history. But if he puts in you know, another stellar season this year, yeah, he's going to get that bag for sure. So we shall see. I mean, he's going to be manning. He's going to be manning right field for the New York Yankees. That's a, <laughs> I'm sorry, manning left field for the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge owns right field or right or center. Actually, wait, what am I saying? Because Yankees have an interesting... I gotta, I gotta look this up. Look at the depth chart. It's, it's Judge Soto and they have someone else who they just got. I forget it. Let me take a look at this now because now you guys got me wanting to figure it out. So in the outfield, Verdugo, that's who they got. They got Verdugo. So I think what you're going to see is Verdugo in left every day, Juan Soto in right every day and Aaron Judge in center every day. I think that's what you're going to see. And they also have Trent Grisham off the bench. This is a stacked outfield for the Yankees, but they have Jason Dominguez, who is you know just 20 years old. He turned 21 in, in like a month, but he's coming off Tommy John surgery probably around mid-season, and he's also going to need to get every day at bat. So you'll probably see someone get traded later down the line. But the Yankees outfield is very stacked right now, so I think that's going to be the opening day lineup: Verdugo in left, Judge in center, and Soto in right. If I had to, if I had to make a guess. But that's going to do for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.